0: Hi, I'm Jennifer
1: Isabella. And I'm Carrie Johnson.
0: Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Joining us by phone today is Forrester analyst Colin Coburn to discuss Amazon's rapid rise in the advertising space and its impact on all ad industry stakeholders. Welcome, Colin.
2: Thank you, guys. Excited to be here.
0: So, Colin, maybe you can give us a little background like the the from to where has where did Amazon start in the ad space and and where are we today?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a great it's a great question to start with because I think a lot of people don't know where they started and why um, they started. I think the the where is um, actually several years ago, back to I think 2011 or so is when they developed their um, what was then called Amazon Marketing Services, which is basically just a fancy way of saying their search advertising tool, basically a way for any brand that was selling on Amazon to buy search ads to show up prominently or higher in search results on Amazon.com. The why is actually really interesting. I think there's there's, there's two reasons for for why Amazon is even in the ad business to begin with. One is because they get a lot of traffic to their website, right? Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think the numbers are around 200 million uh, monthly active um, people that are, that are going on to Amazon. Um, it probably is even higher today. Um, so they, I think they were looking at that and saying to themselves, we're, like, we're in comparison in terms of people that are coming onto our platform on a monthly basis with the likes of Facebook, uh, for instance. And they're monetizing their website pretty well, so why, why can't we? Um, and then the second thing I think of why they're even here is because of their actual overall business. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone to know that Amazon's kind of gotten a, a bit of a bad rap on Wall Street prior to the past couple of years about not, not being able to create better, better profit or better margins on their overall business.
0: Right, it's just AWS.
2: And AWS compared to advertising, AWS is actually not that profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, advertising, when you are the when you are the publisher that is um, selling ads on your website, it's actually a pretty well, um, it's, it's a pretty high margin high margin business overall. So I think you know there's a there's a really good um, there's a really good story there about oh Amazon's you know been able to diversify the business. And now they think they focused on how can we continue to invest in the business overall, but also drive profit. And I think they looked at advertising as, as kind of the way it was going to uh, create better margin on, on the overall business.
0: What size are we talking about today in terms of their ad business?
2: Yeah, so in 2018, um, they hit 10 billion dollars, a little bit over 10 billion dollars mm-hmm. in total advertising revenue. Just the, um, I think it's important to uh, compare that, comparing that to Google and Facebook. Um, Facebook's uh, Facebook last year was about 55 billion dollars, and Google was just north of 135 um, billion. So obviously, they're not they're not you know so close to those two, but I mean, compared to Facebook, they have a fit to the size of the business within just a couple of years. like right. it, it, It's super impressive.
1: You sort of alluded in your opening comments of they don't need to be the best in this business, right? I mean, they have the audience, they have the ad space. It kind of seemed like why not enter the business? I'm curious what you're thinking of how good they have to be.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good question because their, their tools today are not good. <laughs> yes, exactly. We heard all the time from, from clients saying <laughs> yeah. that, why, why is there, why is the interface not as good? Why don't they have like, you know, all these specific capabilities? Like they just rolled out, um, a very simplistic capability of day parting, literally just breaking up the overall day in which you advertise on. They didn't have that prior to this year.
1: Well, look at their, look at their e-commerce functionality though. I mean, it's the same thing. How much has the Amazon site changed since forever? Right. I mean, there's tweaks, there's obviously, I mean, buy now, one-click shopping, those are their best innovations, even their product recommendations. They don't have to be amazing, they don't have to be the best in the business, they just have to be usable.
2: Yeah, it's all, it's all about the overall experience of the customer, it doesn't necessarily matter about the business's experience either, right, like the mm. people who are selling directly on the platform. I, I don't think they. I, I agree. I don't think they need. They need to be the best. I don't think they need to be the best in the in the ad business either. Simply because they do have such the. They have the name recognition. They have the power in terms of the the people that are there. And it it is so, you know, in in my world of covering Google and all the search stuff that that Google does, um, intent is a really big is a really big word. Um, it, it's kind of like the proxy for being able to better understand your customer in terms of where they are in the life cycle, like how high of an intent do they have for buying a product or a service. And Amazon is as close to understanding intent as any other platform is because when someone goes there, they're typically in market for the product that they're looking for.
1: Mm. You could say they're primed to buy.
2: (laughs) Touche. I love it.
0: (laughs) But I think it's really interesting because – Yes, the intent to buy the lower end of the funnel or the buy area of the customer life cycle is an obvious sweet spot. But they're attempting to make strides, right, to 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 broaden that, to be known for that and other pieces of the the customer life cycle.
2: Yeah, I they they have tried very hard to um market themselves to advertisers as more than just a direct response conversion um, piece of the of the marketing mix um, the reality is is that they haven't they haven't been able to be very successful in doing that mm. you know just, literally just yesterday I met with an agency um, who who had the same exact question like are you seeing any movement in terms of advertisers thinking about Amazon as an awareness play as trying to get you know your name recognition out there and and, and I just there, there haven't been many that I that I've talked to that use it in, in that way. It's very much we're going to leverage um, places like Facebook as more of our um, discovery awareness uh, part of the life cycle. Google as more of the explore, and Amazon as as the buy phase. I've seen that a number of times from um, CPG manufacturing mm-hmm. brands uh, that are that are on all three of those all three of those platforms, thinking about them in those phases of the life cycle.
1: That's interesting. I hadn't um, thought of this this way. I mean, the Amazon site as a buying experience has never been really great at product discovery, right? It is very much search, get you what you need and get you out of there. Mm -hmm. Is that impacting the ad business because there aren't good places to build awareness or um, the other parts of the cycle? That's an interesting point I hadn't thought of
2: it totally it totally is impacting it because i think it um if you actually if you look at their um their uh their quarterly earnings um the past couple ones i think the q2 q1 and q2 of 2019 earnings, um, their their growth on the advertising business year on year uh, was in the 30% range, which is which is not bad. When you compare that to Facebook and Google, it's actually higher growth than than those two businesses. But when you compare it to Amazon's growth from the past two years, 2017, 2018, I mean, we're talking a steep deceleration because they were in the hundreds, the hundred, you know, 100, 130% growth year on year. Um, and it's, it seems like it's starting to decelerate and slow a little bit, and I think it's because of exactly this, that the advertisers that are spending on the platform are kind of giving them as, mu- as, much, as, they're, as much as they want to for right now from a, what, what we would call a performance marketing perspective, literally lower of the funnel, um, you know, further along in the customer life cycle, depending on what you're talking about, uh, objectives of trying to get the person to convert right there. Rather than using them for for awareness um, dollars that, or branding dollars that you would that you would typically allocate to something like a Facebook or um, you know even like TV or radio you know classic marketing awareness plays.
0: Yeah. So this may be obvious to the listeners, but who exactly is using Amazon as an ad platform?
2: Amazon loves to use like funny language um, every once in a while for the way that they. D- you know, describe anything. And, and they are describing their advertisers as two different kinds, endemic and nine and non endemic. So endemic being any brand that is selling on Amazon, that is selling a product directly on the Amazon platform, Non endemic being any brand that is not selling on the platform. So think an airline or a auto, uh, an auto brand. Obviously there's lots of different industries that, that can't physically sell on the Amazon platform. um, the vast majority, I would say, I, I don't have the you know research numbers on this because it's too hard to get to, but I would assume the vast majority, over 75% of the advertisers using Amazon overall, their overall ad stack are those endemic advertisers. So it's classic CPG brands, manufacturers that have been using Amazon for a long time. And the reason, the reason for that, I think, is, is sort of twofold. One is that um, these CPG manufacturing marketers they, they're they forced to basically buy advertising within Amazon. Um, you know, I think it just came out in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks ago that uh, Amazon tweaked their search algorithm. And my reaction was, well, they yeah, they tweak it all the time, and Google tweaks it all the time. And the, the big headline was that they're tweaking it in favor of their own products. And I was like, well, they've been doing that forever.
1: Surprise, like, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, they, they've been promoting their their you know, private-labeled products over a brands for, for the longest time. I talked to um, Duracell for the research that we did, and the guy I spoke with said exactly, exactly that, which is that they've been making their own private label batteries for a very long time, and we have no other choice if we want to rank highly within the search for batteries than to, than to buy advertising there. And then on the flip side, um, the non-endemics, um, you know, someone like a Nissan Europe that I spoke with for the research, Um, they're lightly using the Amazon demand-side platform. So this is Amazon's Mm -hmm. advertising tool to buy display or video ads on other publisher websites or even on you know Amazon's uh, Fire uh, TV or Kindle devices. Um, But very very, I mean, we're talking like small investments in terms of we want to test it out, see what kind of performance we get out of it, and they'll be part of our overall. DSP, demand-side platform, mix of tools that we're using, but not the only tool.
0: And is it because of the audience data that, that we, they would go through Amazon to make that buy? Like, 100%. Okay.
2: 100% because in, with most DSPs, you have to bring your own data. So yeah. you're either bringing data of first-party data of your own that you have or and or third-party data from a data management platform. With Amazon – they, they're, they're basically letting you use their data. Um, now, it, they're not sharing a whole lot of the data, but if you're able to give them basic demographic information about the types of users that you're trying to market to, you know, 25 to 40-year-old men in New York City that are interested in sports and um, like to run, you know, Amazon can totally do that for you based on all of the data that they have about the, you know, Prime members, about people that are purchasing on their platform. Um, they have arguably some of the best data uh, in terms of POS data okay. and user behavior data.
1: I'm going to try not to make this too leading of a question, but if you are an ad, um, both an advertiser and a seller on Amazon, I'm going to assume there are major incentives for you. Basically, the question behind the question is, if you're Duracell and you're not selling through Amazon, are you at a major disadvantage when you're trying to advertise on Amazon?
2: E, yes, um, I, I. You are because you, you're limited in the um, in the ability to use the overall Amazon ad stack. I mean, you just can't like if you're not selling on the platform, you're not able to leverage their their search advertising. Obviously, because you need to have a product behind the mm-hmm. behind the ad unit. Mm-hmm if you're if you're not selling on the platform i i don't think that they've done a good enough if if they're not selling on the e commerce platform you they haven't done a good enough job of telling these non endemic advertisers why should you even why should you even be there um like what what does it matter if you're if you're advertising through amazon's d s p versus the other d s p s that are out there they they obviously allude to the to the data right. advantage that i mentioned but other than that um, there's really no competitive advantage um, if you're a if you're a non-endemic advertiser going to Amazon um, as another ad partner. So, absolutely, you definitely have have much higher incentive from both a from both a business strategy perspective and also I think just the fuller suite of services and, and, and capabilities that you that you get when you are an endemic, you know, CPG or manufacturing brand.
0: So in this conversation, we've obviously brought up the likes of Facebook and Google, but have not hit it head on in terms of what do we think the impact or what do you think the impact is of Amazon kind of having a real seat at the table here as an ad platform?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, when when you look at sort of the two to three year out time frame, um, they already are getting their seat at the table w- with some with some brands um, and and especially brands not in that endemic advertising uh, space. so you see um, you know auto airlines um, some of these other non endemics thinking about do we need to be partnering with amazon from a from a media perspective um, and I think that what that's going to end up, what that what that is going to end up doing, is my prediction for 2020 in this space is that I think we're going to see a, a, a pretty big reallocation and, and adjustment of how some of these big spending advertisers are allocating their dollars across the the duopoly or triopoly, whatever you want to call it. I think we are in a triopoly because they are Amazon is is, is, is the third biggest by far. Um, advertising platform, digital advertising platform that is out there.
0: And pulling from search budgets, shopper marketing budgets, like this is, you know, brands aren't getting like a a lot of new money, Bigger budget. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, this is a new ad ad platform. Let's add budget here. Where is it coming from? Where is it coming from?
2: Yeah. uh, Today, for those endemic advertisers, the vast majority is coming from shopper marketing. I mean, we're talking, you know, I, I spoke with a very, very large um, uh, food and bev um, company, and they were telling me that they've not moved any dollars from Google into Amazon, and they're spending about $15 million annually within Amazon, which is pretty, that's pretty hefty, mm-hmm. um, and all of it's come from what he, what he called offline shopper marketing mm-hmm. dollars, so dollars that they traditionally used to buy, to buy shelf space, um, to do things like FSIs or promotions in-store. And he, he basically was like, this is the new digital shelf that we need to be buying space on. Um, and I think that's the that's a sentiment for so many of these um, CPGs is they're, they're viewing it as, well, all of our customers are, you know, obviously on digital in some way. Maybe they're not always purchasing via Amazon. Maybe they are purchasing on another website or maybe they're purchasing in-store but Amazon has some sort of influence in that in that research phase, so we might as well try and promote our products in there the way that we do on a Walmart shelf or a Target shelf or any of the major retailers
1: that they're in. Speaking of other major retailers, do other major retailers have the new digital shelves space also, and what are you expecting to happen there?
2: Yeah, this is going to be the really interesting area I'm looking forward to looking at in, into 2020, um, is how these other Big retailers are going to try to monetize their own website traffic. Um, so, Walmart's already doing this. Walmart is rolling out their own self serve um, advertising tools. The way that Amazon has their own self serve tools. Uh, at the end of this year, um, Target is doing something something similar. Basically, I, I think anyone who has you know substantial um, traffic to their to their website, I'm talking probably like 50 million um, visitors to their site per month. Um, are going to try their hand at becoming, uh, you know, more of a more of an ad business, a media business um, than they than they've ever thought they they, they would be. So um, this is just the beginning, I think, of this space kind of emerging and, and retailers really waking up to the fact that hey, we we can open up a new revenue stream by you know serving ads and and possibly monetizing in a better way the people that are visiting our website.
1: You think that will work? And I'm asking because I looked at the data you've published in other reports about the number of product searches that start or percentage of product searches that start on amazon.com. Um, and I would argue maybe, which is something like 30-something percent of all product searches, I think. And, and I would say that's not necessarily even because people are buying there. It's just because they look at it as a place to start and say, like, I need this product. Does it even exist? Or what are the options? And do some product search and go other places. I don't know that that's true for, other, for Walmart, for Target, et cetera.
2: It, it's kind of it's kind of the million million dollar question for those for those retailers is is it going to work? Um, I think it's going to be a lot harder uh, for them to 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 sell to sell this these, these platforms these tools or even these managed services that they that they might offer to the advertisers. I mean I think they're going to be looking at much smaller budgets. Um, they're going to have to be selling to. The biggest of the big um, consumer goods companies. One of the things we didn't cover that's that's interesting is um, Amazon is not just getting a lot of ad dollars. I mean, they're getting a lot of ad dollars in terms of volume from you know the P&Gs, the Nestles, you know, those guys of the world. Um, but they're also getting a good amount of money from you know the small mom and pops that are selling on the platform too. Walmart and Target and, and, and Kroger, and, you know, we can go down the list of, of retailers. They're not going to get dollars from from those guys, and they're going to get much smaller dollars from P and G uh, and and Nestle uh, than than Amazon mm-hmm. is, is going to be getting because they're just not as big of platforms for those for those guys in terms of where people research and where people buy um, their their products on. So I think that the sell is going to be a lot
0: harder for them. We've talked a lot about the brands who obviously advertise on Amazon, but what role do agencies play in this mix?
2: The agency space is so interesting in this area because there's, as, as any, any time in, in, in media history goes, um, whenever there's a niche market that's growing fast as, a, as kind of like a new advertising platform, um, there's a niche area of agencies that are supporting it. Um, and the same thing has happened with Amazon is there's there's like what I call Amazon specific agencies that are that are out there one of the biggest ones being flywheel for instance but there's also many other smaller ones too um, and as that's as that's happening as you're seeing some of these small guys pop up um, and some even getting acquired by some of the bigger holding company agencies um, the the mainstay agencies that are already buying digital media are trying to build out their own practices um, as well the most interesting thing though for those sort of mainstay agencies is that I think they're viewing Amazon in the wrong way for the mo- for the most part most of them are looking at it as just another place to put our clients ad dollars in and when you talk to these advertisers specifically the CPGs or manufacturers that are sell- that are buying most of that ad space on amazon th- they've told me that they, they need a partner who understands the more holistic strategy around Amazon as not just an ad partner, but as a business partner. And I've, I've heard from a number of, of these advertisers that have just said, I'm not willing to go with my, my you know, media agency of record to buy my, my Amazon ad space because they just don't get it. Like they don't understand the language, they don't understand the fulfillment needs, the operational needs, the merchandising needs that I have and that I'm trying to control for in Amazon, and it's not just about advertising Mm -hmm. for them. So that 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 I think is just that's going to require a big shift for a lot of these agencies that are trying to get into this business, and we're actually starting to see it already. You know, someone like um, Performex, who is part of uh, Publicis Media, they have already built out their own operational um, support and capabilities uh, to do things like fulfillment and pricing and merchandising support for the clients that they have in the CPG industry. And I think it's a smart move um, for them to, to really get in and dig dig deeper into into support with their clients to really get a true understanding of what is the strategy on Amazon and also understanding what is the total cost of selling on Amazon. That's the, that's the one thing I think... Uh, Sometimes CPGs overlook when they're when they're buying advertising on the Amazon is that they're already eating into their margins of, of the products right. that they're selling on the platform and by advertising you're eating into the margin even more so so an, so an agency like Performance has a much better understanding of what is the total cost of that good being sold inclusive of our advertising and getting a true sense of the ROI that they're driving through amazon
1: there's a component here that's an interesting thought of also the risk associated with Advertising on Amazon, and tell me if I'm being too hysterical on this. I mean, Amazon has a fairly long, very well-known track record of using sellers on the platform to learn the ins and outs of consumer behavior around a given business and then getting into that business themselves. Is there a fear here?
2: Yep, definitely is.
1: What are the people that you're talking to saying about that? I mean, I feel like in the past, when it came to e-commerce, companies just said, we know this is a risk. We don't have a choice. It's a distribution platform. We have to use it. Is it the same thing?
2: It's, it's, sim- it's a similar story. Um, I think that w- what, what I'm hearing is that advertisers are basically saying, okay, we're willing to put some money in here, but we're not putting the whole we're not putting the whole budget, the whole kit and caboodle into Amazon because we just, we, we just can't almost from like a moral perspective because of exactly what you're talking about, which is that they just don't trust that these dollars are going to go for their best interest in the, in the long run, um, that it will result in more, in more competition from, from Amazon private labels. Um, I, I think that that, I mean, I literally have talked to probably two, two CPGs in the past, two months that have, that have said exactly this, like, how do we balance this need to, to be there and need to also not, not fuel the beast that is already kind of killing our business?
1: That's sort of, a, I think we're both a little speechless on that in terms of how to possibly move forward with a partner you don't trust. I'm trying to think of other par- parallels in industry where that's worked and maybe that's just the new reality moving forward. And Facebook's in a similar camp right now for very different reasons, right? Yeah, sure. and,
2: and Google Google is to, to a degree, too. I, I don't think that, you know, I don't want to paint the picture that Amazon is this, um, uh, you know, kind of different ad platform that marketers hate. Because I wouldn't say marketers love Google or love Facebook either for the most part. I think there's some distrust there. I think the distrust is just a little bit more deep and... Uh, and 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 scary in some ways than than it is on Google and Facebook because they're not literally eating into your business where Amazon is literally killing some of these some of these CPG's business.
1: Yikes. Yeah, no, speechless again. Yeah,
0: I know. I just <laughs> I you know, how do you how do you maneuver, right, when you know someone is trying to kill your business? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about Amazon's DSP that has likely major implications for the ad tech industry. What are those implications?
2: Yeah, so the, the ad tech industry is um I think, you know, overall this is this is mostly good stuff um that there is a third um a third major platform in the digital advertising space. Mostly because it, it, it does it does help marketers in terms of being able to um diversify their budget and not just have to rely on two partners sometimes just adding in that third, I think I think makes um, makes them have a little bit more power when they're going into the room with with Google and saying, we don't need to have all of our all of our money in there. So it's good for marketers in, in that regard. Um, it's good for agencies because it you know for some of the reasons that I that I pointed out, in in some cases it's going to give them better um, uh, strategic power with their with their clients. They're going to be seeing more as a strategic resource if they do get into some of the some of the needs that these advertisers have on Amazon. Um, it's not good for ad tech for the most part, though, because the way that advertising is planned, uh, created, bought, and then measured and optimized today is not, across, is not cross-channel. Mm-hmm. It's still um, very much siloed by individual channels, that everything is still kind of by search, by social, and then by display and video. And because of that, um, I think Amazon is gonna, it, and they're already starting to get there, of uh, being able to build sort of this cross-channel platform. So, you, so obviously you have the search capabilities on the on, on Amazon. You have their demand-side platform pl- platform already. They bought the um, ad server within um, uh, si- with Seismic, and the only thing that they're really missing is that they're not able to connect any of the other. Um, Platform. so if you wanted to buy on Google or Facebook obviously you cannot do that through Amazon uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that that is completely out of the question that they might never go down go down that path there's some interesting ad tech Providers that are out there, specifically, you know, some of the bid management tools that are out there, like a um, Kenshu or a Marin. There's still some um, uh, social ad tech platforms that are that are bouncing around um, that serve, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram in terms of the buying and optimization in those platforms. Who's to say Amazon doesn't go out and buy one of those guys up? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them are struggling financially, so they could probably really get them for close to nothing, Um, and 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 potentially be the one to say, we're actually going to connect all of this together for you. We're going to help you buy across all of the major platforms. Um, you, obviously, you have the direct you have the direct buying component for anything you want to buy within Amazon, but we also have a third party tool that you can layer on top of Google Marketing Platform or on top of Facebook's. Um, Uh, Facebook's buying platform, too, if you want to also allocate dollars across channels Mm -hmm. and across platforms. I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen, but but who's to say they don't do that?
0: What about the, the transparency or the accountability? Like, there have been issues in that ad space, media buying and ad tech specifically, not understanding, A, where your money is going, how it's performing, your return on investment, like all of that in a fun little mix. Feels like maybe Amazon's doing that
1: better?
2: I don't I don't know if they're doing it. I I, I still think there are so many um uh intrinsic Foundational issues specific around programmatic mm-hmm. that I don't think anyone has really figured out. Things like viewability, yeah. things like fraud. Um, I think that there are there are happenings in the marketplace that are going on outside of the Google, Amazon, and Facebook. You know, you have um, partners like MediaOcean and IBM trying to come up with ways in in using um, blockchain to. Uh, help improve um, viewability standards and specifically help reduce ad fraud um, by using the the ledger to literally break out who in the media supply chain is taking every cent, every dollar that that goes into that goes into a buy. I don't see Amazon um, doing very much in that in that mm-hmm. space of trying to improve um, some of the concerns around programmatic media buying.
0: So we've covered a bit of a waterfront here what should marketers be preparing themselves for thinking about as budget planning season is upon us, um, for 2020, but even looking a little bit further out from that, like preparing, preparing themselves for really a triopoly versus a duopoly and, and what that means to them and their, and their business.
2: Yep. So I, I, I think the, the, my first recommendation is to really not um, not think about Amazon, especially if you're a CPG brand, as your only advertising platform that's out there. Um, I think one of the things that's going to emerge as we move into 2020 and as advertisers look at these three platforms and try to figure out where should all of our budget be going across all all three, you're going to. I think we will see some of these um, smaller. Uh, but viable platforms emerge as good alternatives to the triopoly um, so I think the recommendation is to why not test out something like Pinterest I mean they they've invested heavily in their in their ad products um, and there's you know a, a play there of better discovery in Pinterest than you're going to be able to get in Amazon you know Pinterest is kind of like the discovery tool if you're a brand that is um, you know that that can leverage high quality images um, and you 're in you know something like the home services space or um, you know even anything anything that that has to do with recipes and everything that we think about as as good good places for inspiration when it comes to Pinterest, I think you will see those those sorts of platforms emerge um, a little bit more as as good alternatives and then the second thing I think I, I would recommend. Um, and this is actually very, very interesting in terms of timing, because last week I was at a CMO lunch and um, the, the the whole recession, I, you know, speculation came up. And all the CMOs are talking about this is something that they've been thinking about, but none of them really have a plan B if, you know, the U.S. economy goes into a recession um, next year. And the point of me bringing this up is that I think all advertisers – Regardless of if you're an endemic Amazon advertiser or a non-endemic advertiser, should have a Plan B media plan um, in place for reasons because of the recession, first off, but also for reasons looking further out into the future of, you know, what if antitrust does 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 play a bigger role um, in the way that Amazon, Facebook, and Google are are organized, like. Then, then where are you going to place your, your advertising money? Then it's going to be even even more fragmented space than it is today. Um, so I think that I think the plan B should plan for a couple of those things, and also plan for some of these some of these emerging channels like a podcast um, advertising format or or more connected TV addressable TV formats too. Um, so those I think are my two my two overarching budgeting recommendations as we are heading into that season.
0: Thanks so much, Colin. Thank you, guys. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.